Hey, security peeps, we are back with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. We are here. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping amazing cybersecurity talent get into opportunities and leaders get great talent. Today is Mondays with Dan. Introduce yourself, Dan. Good morning, everybody. Dr. Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. I help people separate themselves in their competition very, very quickly and get at a competitive edge and keep it. Awesome. So Dan and I were chatting last week uh, when we were on this last live and many of you, we talked about some of the things we talk about, we've been talking about for quite a few months. I mean, Dan and I have been working with people on this stuff for a couple of years, but uh, we've been through these live streams talking about a number of different topics. And one of the things that came up is around mistakes. And Dan always says that he sells mistakes and he talks about the mistakes list. So Dan, I'm going to kick this off by saying, what mistakes did your clients make before they became your clients? Uh, great question. It's something that I'm going to encourage everybody to think about. It's important to begin by, by realizing we're not talking about mistakes that you have made. These are mistakes that your clients made that drove them to you. Uh, and how do you use that dynamic to, uh, to grow your business, get more clients, and to protect your company? And so, uh, you know, I talk about the $350,000 handshake. Uh, I have an attorney who's a client who I coach, and he, uh, he said to me, listen, he said, I have a client who's, who started a partnership 15 years ago in a handshake. And he said, without any legal documents, he said, this my buddy, we'll just start up. And he said, in the situation we're in now, it's gonna cost him $350,000 to get out of that deal. And as you look around, all you have to do is look at the, uh, look at the sports pages about mistakes that athletes make I mean, some guy with an NFL contract, he goes and gets arrested for armed robbery. You know, give me a break. But it's, you know, basically, you know, you can either come up with these yourself or your clients will tell you, you know, Renee, I came to you because the yellow pages didn't work for me. <laughs> you know? uh, but it's and what we're going to encourage you to do is to think about mistakes that your clients made before they became your client. What, what adds power to this, this dynamic is listing what it costs them in money, emotion, or reputation. How much did it cost them in money, emotion, or reputation? Now, the question is, is do you sell solutions as a cybersecurity professional or do you sell the mistakes? I believe that it's a lot more powerful to sell the mistakes. Here are a whole bunch of things that I'm not going to let you do. So I'll give you an example. I did a program, which I frequently do for an accounting firm, uh, for their partners. And I wanted to just give their partners a whole different way of thinking, a different way to approach things. And uh, so I had 40 partners. I gave them about an hour and a half clinic on, on competitive edge strategies. And then the uh, senior partner said to me, so what are you going to do to help us grow our business? And everybody here knows that you give them things to grow their business or, or protect themselves, and they don't do it. 
So I said to him, I'm going to tell you exactly what you can do to get attention. And if people never forget your firm, but you're never going to do it. And he said, what? So tell me what you want me to do. I said, when I got off the elevator, the name of your firm was beautifully called gold letters over the reception desk. I said, go get an orange prison jumpsuit. Hang it right. This is the accounting firm. An orange prison jumpsuit. Hang them right off the letters with a big sign that says, we're never going to let you put this on. Basically, isn't that what you're doing with the companies you work with? We're going to do the very best we can to make sure that you don't get hacked or you don't get attacked or you don't get penetrated, whatever it is that is on. Uh, and, and again, not only that, but it's what kind of mistakes. So think about that. And we'd be happy to have you chime in with us. And some of them you, you may not be able to talk about. A lot of the stuff that I deal with, is confidential. It's completely under the radar. And I can't talk about it with people. But, you know, uh, so, you know, I'm trying to see how to put this. I have a, I have a client who's uh, run a uh, uh, active shooter SWAT team. And so what do they want to have? They want to be able to focus and concentrate on command. Mm -hmm. All distraction, move everything out of the way. How do they do that? Well, I've got some secret sauce to make that happen with people. But it, it's it's different. And they clearly don't want that given away. Right. So uh, Renee and I know we've, and you know, it's one of the things that we've done is gotten a thousand foot view of what goes on around us. Because when you're in a company, uh, what what kind of questions do you ask? I got a survey from a guy I thought I'd just read to you. I said to him, uh, he said, I find myself struggling balancing my career and personal life. I'm considering a transition. Does it have to be difficult? I feel stuck in patterns that slow down my progress. He said, we're having trouble closing big deals. Our senior team is not working well or consistently towards the same goal. Mm -hmm. Members of our senior team need help developing specific skill sets, particularly sales and marketing, to be able to market themselves. See, right. frequently people don't realize that. They say, I don't, I don't like sales. Well, you're selling yourself. And it's how do you put together a persuasive argument? And one of the mistakes I have is people will say, I can do this myself. Okay. <laughs> but it works, it works a lot faster. If you have somebody that's helped people through that, which is what I do, this is clearly an un, a, a business pitch. You can call me and talk to me for my 15-minute uh, speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but it's how do you how do you do that, and how do you get people not to go into a situation unprepared? They think they're prepared, but they're not. See, people who are really good, Renee get to a point where unconscious competence comes in. We've talked about that. And uh, what happens is that's dangerous when a bar gets raised. Yes. We talk about that all the time, Dan. And you made uh, a funny, we, when we were joining, we were both laughing um, because we were waiting. I'm waiting for the phone to ring, but it, it'll probably be the day that it doesn't. It doesn't happen today. 
but the, some of the things that we talked about that you and I've been talking about working with people for years and years with when it talk, when people talk about mistakes and it's mistakes that your clients made. And I think you also said that resulted in a loss of, is it money? Emotional reputation. If you have somebody. And Dan, before you get started, I want you to talk to, because you work with people inside organizations and many of the folks that may be watching this or listening are inside of another organization, I want you to, if you could, give an example or explain it for, you know, like when we work with the CTOs and the CIOs and folks that we've worked with in the past that are inside, it's not their own company. They may not necessarily be selling externally per se, but it's more of an internal reputation, money, like all of those aspects, but from an intern, if a person is watching this and they're inside of an organization and they are not responsible for, you know, business development. If you could, you know. Sure. Talk, I mean, we, we dealt with that for years. Uh, I think the situation is, is you have to step back and consider yourself as a CEO of your own company. Whatever you're doing, you're running your own company. And as you look at your organizational chart, Renee and I have always worked with organizational charts. Here's where you are now, but tell me where you want to be three years from now or five years from now. Anybody who's watched the program know that I work backwards in 2025. So in 2025, where do you see yourself? What do you want to be doing? And then who are the people that are either in your way or trying to block you from getting where you want to go or people who would be happy to have you working with them if they knew what you did? So what opportunities are available? And they're different in every company. Mm-hmm. but you have to build relationships and the focus is, is the ultimate objective is the success of the company. But you really have to consider about your own success because if you're successful, then a company is going to be successful if they listen to what you tell them. Right. So it's, how do you do that? Um, send me an organizational chart and tell me where you want to be. And that's, that's no different than a guy who wants to, I worked with uh, last week, who wants to uh, be a nine handicap golfer and he's a 17 now. And so how do we help him do that? He pictures himself with the nine. Because your subconscious mind acts, must act out every thought, image, or idea you put into it and it will do that relentlessly. But the issue is, is that you have to do something. I mean, gaining knowledge is incredible, but it's useless if you don't use it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when the amount of people who think they can, do, I can do this myself. Well, those those people are people who make mistakes, not calling Renee. So it's what what do people say? What are their concerns? Uh, I don't want to make the same mistake in, in our industry I made in others. Uh, I asked somebody what their strengths are, listening, critical thinking, work ethic, humility, understanding. Uh, what, what's important? What, what do you, what 
what's your competency model? What do you do really, really well? And do people know that? I was just going to ask you, how do people know that? When you work with them, how, how do they know what they do really well? Um, well, uh, in companies where we've used 360s, uh, we've helped them to identify the perception of the people who report to them in addition to what they think they do well, what people tell them. But I have an assessment that I use. It will show you every single place you can do well and every single place you can derail. You know, that's like my driving to California, driving to L.A. example. You're going to drive to L.A. with your family. Okay, I have a uh, list of all the radar traps between here and L.A. Do you want to buy it now or do you want to buy it when you get to L.A.? No, I want to buy it now. Right. And so it comes back to what's the cost of not preparing to compete? And, Dan, you look at this as even when you're an internal person. So if I'm a, you know, if I'm a C, if I'm a director of security and well, directors of security have to understand that they're preparing to compete. Um, but you said sometimes you, you hear from people who said that they, they don't feel they're in a competition or they um, are a part of a team. Um, oh, that's my favorite question. You know, I worked with Chad Pennington, who was a quarterback for the Jets and the Dolphins. And he said, I play on a team. I said, yes, as soon as you bring your A game to the field. See, if I'm working on a team with Renee, I want to make sure that she's bringing her A game to the field and I'm bringing my A game. But everybody doesn't always bring the A game. So managers have to determine uh, let's back up to hiring. I mean, just hiring. If somebody somebody says to me, I'm trying to hire some people, I said, let me see a competency model for that position. What does this person need to do, even within the company? Are they good with people? I mean, I've had people who I've worked with, cybersecurity professionals, who told me they had a terrible time inside of a firm. Know, people didn't trust them. People went around them. They didn't include them. And that, you know, those are personality issues that you can get in their way. But how do you make that stuff work for you? Right. And I know after you've worked with them, so what, do, when you, do you remember any mistakes that any of those clients said that they made before? Um, so t taking a step out of your space, but the other clients, the cybersecurity ones or the technology ones, do you have, can you remember any examples right now of those folks who had mistakes that their clients made before hiring them? Uh, not specifically. I, I have the one I have in mind, it would identify the person I'm talking about and the company I'm talking about. Okay. But, you know, uh, when somebody, uh, if somebody is, is dealing with a uh, uh, electric car, an automatic car, self-driving car, uh, somebody told me that, uh, I said, what's the risk? He said, the risk happened that somebody took over 
a self-driving car and hit a woman on a bicycle. Yeah. So you just don't know. You, right. you know, you know, you, everybody on his phone call is in a creative environment, a really, really creative space. Yeah. If they're good, they have to create defenses and in some cases attacks and other people don't. So it's how do you, how do you pull all that together? Right. This is, this all comes back down to the individual. We're talking about the individual who's in a position who says, you know, I want to move up. I want to move over to another company. I want to get recruited by somebody else. What, what do I need to do to make that happen? We've found, Renee and I have found that having someone go into a meeting, to a board meeting, and asking the right questions and presenting themselves in a right manner uh, with, a, with a strategy that they had planned is a lot different than going in and, and uh, letting somebody just interview the hell out of you. Right. And especially, you know, the mistakes that a lot of my clients tend to make before becoming my client is, you know, Dan and I talk about this a lot with the recruiting. They make all kinds of mistakes. They, um, they, they're too slow. They're too slow to respond to candidates. Um, they, and this is from a leader perspective. So my clients, typically the leaders um, and you know, before, before working with me, um, they are, they don't fully understand the recruiting process, the cycle, even in the middle of COVID-19, they may think that people are on the market um, or that people don't have multiple opportunities. So they make all these mistakes and they're, they're very much um, mistakes that, that are easily rectifiable but what ends up happening is they lose top, the, the people that they really want. So the higher that they really want, they lose those people because they're making these mistakes, little silly mistakes, not being as responsive, um, you know, feeling that they might be, um, uh, they not fully understanding the market. You know, uh, yesterday, well, this weekend, I was reading that the, the FBI saw a 400% increase in cyber attacks since COVID-19. 400% increase. So the talent market is so, 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 the people I know what they're doing are getting phone calls every day. Um, and people that, that leaders, that want that type of talent. They want the folks who are, you know, inundated, don't fully understand, like you have to, you have to court that person. You have to be excited about interviewing the person and the mistakes some of them make is they let these people linger around. They don't, you know, jump on a great candidate and they lose them. Well, you know, I, I wonder if the people that, um, are, that you are talking to always have the juice that they say they have to make the decision. I would say yes. They do. Okay. They do, but they still don't understand, especially when they, you know, when they come and we've had to do a lot of coaching um, to some in particular who may not have had to hire in a long time and don't fully understand the the the, the landscape. 
and they think they may think you know because on one on the one hand in the news or whatever you're watching or listening to we're in a recession you know all these people are losing their jobs this is not happening and it, and yes it does happen in cybersecurity but the awesome people get snapped up immediately those right. people that may have you know lost their roles in some of these big layoffs that are unfortunate because of the pandemic like an Airbnb or you know different companies that were big companies that people love to work for and if they had gotten laid off they get snapped up like immediately right so what they don't understand what a lot of the leadership didn't understand you know the kind of mistakes that they make it's it's you have to understand that just because this is a this is a quote unquote downturn in the market, good people are always going to be well, you know, they're going to be recruited. They have options. Um, they're not just hanging out waiting for X company to show up. They're not gonna just linger around for two or three weeks for someone to get back to them, things like that. So right. those are some of the mistakes that they make. Jenny made a comment. You have anything else? Do you want to add something, Dan, or should I show Jenny's comment? Show us Jenny, Jenny's comment. <laughs> Jenny says, those people who think they can do it themselves are like Wiley Coyote running off a cliff after the Roadrunner. I saw a TED Talk once about being wrong. They said being wrong when you don't know you're wrong feels an awful lot like being right. You talked about conscious incompetence. Can you share a little more about how you identify what you don't know? That is such a good point. Great, great question. Uh, I just want to flip back to if anybody's watching this, sh this show could make a uh, competency model. If you were hiring the next person that you're hiring, what would that competency model need? And next week, we'll go through what Euler Packard's competency model looks like for senior executives right under Carly Fiorina. It is extraordinary what they expect of people. But coming back to the unconscious competence, you know, it comes back to what we've said numerous times, why people don't know why their arms are so long. God made their arms so long so they can pat themselves on the back from time to time. You know, but again, it, it's uh, to know what, what you do well uh, to to find out what you do well in situations, both in the management arena or in the actual technology arena. Uh, it's stacking up these competencies so you can list them. And it's coming down and saying to yourself, you know, I'm really good at this. This is something I'm really good at. I mean, I'm, I'm really good at coaching people, and I'm really good at helping people take strokes at their golf game and helping professional athletes. But there's a lot of stuff I'm not good at. So, so the point is, is that how do you identify that? And then the question that we keep coming back to is how do you sell that? How do you let somebody know that? And there's a, there's a dynamic based on who you're talking to. I mean, out of the other, I had a guy as a client of mine who ran a Hewlett Packard organization in New Zealand. He was responsible for millions and millions and millions of dollars in income. I said to him, Mike, how did you do that? He went, well, I was just being myself. I said, that's no good. If I come to work for you, you have to know enough about what you do that you can teach me how to do what you do. You want to clone yourself. 
That's what a company expects you to do within a company. Jenny, did I answer your question? Jenny will follow up with us. So yeah, Dan, that's a, I think that's such a that's such a valid point because some of the places where you and I have been together, it has definitely come up around unconscious unconscious competence, and you would always say you don't know what you don't know, and it's right. so important to understand that and be aware of it, even if you you know you don't know, but being aware that you don't know. Is yeah. much better than not being aware to Jenny's point. Right. I mean, you know, you, you can, it's impossible for you to teach somebody something that you don't know that you know. What do you, what do you know? How, 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 does, how does Jenny teach somebody something that, she, that she's really good at that she doesn't know that she knows? You can't because you can't recognize it. But it's, it's being able to separate yourself. And we've done this with some clients, uh, Renee and I, separate yourself from the real world, for example, and take a look at it from a, a thousand feet and say, what's going on here? And uh, honor your intuition. You know, women are much better at this than guys, I have to confess. You know, so you read people, you read situations, you read environments, and, you know, if I were to know, for example, what Jenny's risks are, what what her job is, what she's actually doing, then there's a way to accelerate performance in that position or to move into another place or have somebody identify them that they really want them. I mean, I know when I worked with Renee, we had people all over the place trying to get her to come to their divisions. Yep. And then what we spent a lot of time doing was was identifying blockers. Who's in your way? Who says they want you to advance? They says you want you want you to do better, but don't. And this is this comes back to seeing yourself as a CEO of your own company and making really effective business decisions. Memories, Dan. Memories. Memories. <laughs> of the blockers, all those blockers. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I, have, I have to tell you, uh, in a company that Renee worked for, there are a couple of guys who came to her and said, we really want you to work for us. And she said, okay, but I have to post for this job. So she posted for the job and uh, she went and told her supervisor and the supervisor posted for it the same time for the same job and wrote her a negative review. So Renee calls me up and says, you can't believe what she wrote. I said, let read it to me. Everything this woman wrote is exactly the reason the other guys wanted her. I said, this is a recommendation letter. <laughs> to the other people. But you know, it's her ability to explain to me what these other guys wanted and what their division was. I mean, this, this was, when you just see a, a whole chain of, of uh, expertise being eroded by having the wrong person in the wrong place. And, and, and a guy on very top is expecting, why aren't my plans and my strategies getting implemented? And when he looked down below him, there was nobody there. Everybody had left or was on the way to leave. So really, 
it really requires a profile. You know, we profile an organization. You know, who's who's running it? What do they need to have happen? It's so funny, Dan. I told another friend who was struggling recently, similar, very similar situation. And I told her that exact same story. I was like, oh, yeah, I had that. (laughs) (laughs) With the performance review. Yeah, they wrote that stuff in there. And Dan said, that's like you said, I'm thinking of it negatively. I was so upset. And you're like, that's a recommendation letter. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. So Dan, I know we're coming up. We try to keep, we're trying to keep these ones short. We're coming up on um, 30 minutes and hey, JJ, JJ's here. So we want to continue because I think the mistakes that I think that this is almost like a little bit of a superpower for people. And when we talk about the mistakes that your clients make, it's not to Dan's point. It's not about the mistakes that you're making. It's the mistake that you as an individual, if you're sitting in a cybersecurity department right now, you're a senior analyst or an architect or a team lead or whatever level, you have internal clients, right? You have the other people that you're supporting. And the question is, what mistakes are they making or did they make before they came to you? Um, And that's kind of what we're trying to to get, get you to think through. So then when you can go somewhere else, and as Dan talks about all the time, being a CEO of your own company, so even though you're a security analyst at X organization, you're still CEO of Me Inc. So being a CEO of your own company, sitting in that organization, you know, if you're going to, and this could be useful for getting your next opportunity, um, for moving up into getting a promotion, things like that. It's like, what what, what kind of solutions did you, did you bring to the table? So what mistakes did your clients make before they became your client, you were able to help them. And then we could take that and use that as a part of, you know, your discussion with, go, you know, moving forward in your career, things like that. So I just wanted to give a little bit of more context around why we're doing this. And I think it's so powerful because it's a list of what, it's a list of pretty much problems and solutions. The mistakes that your clients made, not you, your clients before they became your clients. Right. And, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's a way to sell yourself. Yes. Uh, because I believe that it's a lot, mo- most smart people would rather buy somebody else's mistake than to make it themselves. Right. So just if you just think of the yellow, the orange prison jumpsuit, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna let you put this on. Or your traps, or like you said, your um, you know, your maps with all the with all the uh, the speed traps in it. Yeah. So I mean, but it's it's taking something from another area and bringing it into you know. They've said years ago, if, if you, nothing new will ever be invented about selling insurance. But if you can bring something from someplace else and bring it into insurance, then it changes the, the focus. And it's the same thing. I mean, cybersecurity is a mystery to most people. So how do you do that? And how do you make it not a mystery? And how do you build confidence in somebody that you are the guy or the woman to be handling this? And I, I want to add in, 
right before we leave, Dan, is that I love what you said just now, that it's a mystery to most people. And I think being in the cybersecurity community, we tend to be so wrapped up in ourselves. Like we are, we love each other. <laughs> We're always around each other. But when you take a peek outside and you look outside, I, po- I made a post and I said, what are some of the myths that people have um, about cybersecurity careers? And they're coming through, it's pretty funny. Um, but there's so many myths, like you said, it's just a mystery to most people. So really being able to. The, the people who need you don't know enough about what you do to be a decision. Right. And so they are really buying the invisible. I mean, I sell the invisible frequently to people because they don't know how much I can help them in situations. And so what's, what's the invisible piece? What, what does it cost somebody not to hire Renee? That's my question. I've said to people, what is, they want to know, what does it cost to hire me? So what does it cost you not to hire me? Because right. then you'll look down, you know, uh, five years from now, three years from now, are you going to be any, where are you going to be five years from now if you don't do what you need to do now? Correct. And, and, what, and you know, you have to, and I think people are embarrassed as cybersecurity people talk to people who are running companies when a person who's running the company doesn't really know as much as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And so how you structure that conversation how you present that to make the guy feel comfortable with what knowing of yeah. not knowing it, you know. Absolutely. Okay, Dan, so we're a little over 30 minutes. Okay. We are going to wrap. Here's that phone call coming in. So, folks, <laughs> we will see you next time on another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. Right. Okay. <laughs> Bye.